That beautiful mosaic on the wall this morning is a socially distanced creation of our church school kids. Individual pieces of that mosaic were sent to the children at home. They colored them there and then sent them to Chad and Natalie who compiled all that over the last week. So just goes to show that alleluias can break out anywhere. Christ is risen. It is Easter Day, bright and sunny here in Geneva, and all over the world, that proclamation is ringing out in churches and in homes. It's a proclamation that began with women who made their way to a stone-cold tomb in the early hours one day 2,000 years ago, and who, instead of death, found a surprising word of life. This is the church's great day of celebration, the day we savor the very best news we have to share. The poet George Herbert put it this way in his poem simply called Easter. Can there be any day but this, though many suns to shine endeavor? We count 300, but we miss. There is but one, and that one ever. There may be 300 some days in the year, the poet says, but on this side of Easter, there is really just one great everlasting day. That is how profound the news of the resurrection is. So we celebrate today in every way that we can think of, with joyful music, with our best and most hopeful words, with flowers, and with special foods, and with alleluias aplenty. Christ is risen. The New Testament has this proclamation at its center. The tomb really was empty, that Easter morning, these writers insist. Death could not hold Jesus, and it will not hold us. That conviction is there at the heart of the four Gospels, and it is also at the heart of Paul's letters. In the passage that Sherston read from 1 Corinthians for us this morning, Paul reminds his listeners of the central news he proclaimed to them, that Christ died, that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. He goes on to say a little more about just how much hinges on this news. If Christ has not been raised, then our proclamation has been in vain, and your faith has been in vain. If for this life only we have hoped in Christ, then we are of all people most to be pitied. Strong words but an important reminder of just how much rests on the proclamation that we make this day. The resurrection is at the heart of the faith that we live and share. Okay, so then why is the resurrected Jesus so hard to recognize? You've noticed this before, right? The Gospels include numerous accounts of Jesus showing up to his friends and followers after his death. And often it takes them a good long time to realize that it's him. They think he's a ghost or a stranger on the road or a gardener puttering around outside the tomb. That's what Mary Magdalene imagines in the early hours of that first Easter morning. In John's telling of the story, she was the first one to the tomb alone there with her grief when she found the stone rolled away. Now she's alone again after Peter and that other disciple raced to come and see and peered inside and quickly left. 
she hears somebody behind her, and she turns to see this figure standing there. The text makes it really clear. She saw him. She even heard him speak, asking her, woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? And still, she supposed him to be the gardener. Mary was certainly close to Jesus. There's no doubt about that. In the Gospel of John, she's one of just a small number of women standing near the cross when he dies. She knew him well. So how is it that she can't see him here for who he is? I suppose you could say she was blinded by her grief or blinded by her own limited set of expectations. Death is final. Somebody who's recently died doesn't just show up a couple days later to ask what you're crying about. Everybody knows that. Maybe that basic understanding, that basic assumption was so strong that even a familiar face and a familiar voice couldn't break through. But like I said, this isn't the only time in, Jesus's, in the scriptures where Jesus' own closest friends and followers have a hard time identifying him in the resurrection. It's sort of a pattern. Wouldn't it be more convincing if the Gospels presented the risen Jesus as immediately recognizable? I mean, couldn't he have appeared to Pilate just once in an utterly unmistakable way? Wouldn't it help the resurrection cause a little bit if he could show up in some more obvious form? Wouldn't that make this central confession of our faith just a little bit more believable? Well, maybe. But here's what I think. I think the Gospels don't really mean to convince us of the resurrection or prove it to us beyond a doubt. I think they mean to do something much more interesting and alive than that. They mean to make us expectant and open. They mean to set us on our toes. I know we have some experienced bird watchers out there in our congregation. I am far from that myself, but a few years ago, I went on a long walk with a bird watcher, and it was a couple of hours that I will never forget. We met early one summer morning while it was still a little dark, and we started walking around the campus of a nearby university, across big lawns and stands of tall trees and a nearby woods, and before we knew it, our guide had stopped us. Do you hear that? she said to our small group. We all stood still and silent, waiting and listening, and sure enough, there was a faint twittering sound, and she knew right away what it was. I'm sorry, bird watchers, I don't remember the name. The whole morning was like that, walking a little, then stopping to listen. I sort of got the idea that bird watching is a little bit of a misnomer. We only saw birds a couple of times during our walk, Mostly, we heard them. But that was the magic of it. After we had been at this for 20 minutes or so, I began to realize that there were, in fact, sounds all around me. Sounds that I mostly tune out. Sounds that usually become just part of the background as I hurry from one thing to the next, lost in my thoughts or my worries or my to-do list. In fact, there were birds singing out the day's arrival all around me. All I needed to do was listen for it. The world was so much more alive than I typically realize it to be. It was like turning my ears to a soundtrack that I never even knew existed.
By the end of the walk, I felt completely and utterly awake. I think that's what Jesus's incognito appearances in the Gospels mean to do. To set us on our toes, to wake us up, to set our eyes and ears on the alert, because Jesus is risen. He's here, and he could be anywhere. And probably not in some brightly shining, utterly unmistakable way. Probably in some far more ordinary form. He could be the primary school teacher who has been patiently caring for students through this past year of so much change and uncertainty. He could be the paramedic responding to emergency calls late at night. He could be the protester marching for justice. He could be the cashier at the grocery store ringing up cartons of eggs and boxes of cereal. He could be the aid worker in the field coordinating distribution of medical supplies. He could be the elderly man picking up his mail from the box next to yours. That's the thing with the risen Jesus. He's here, and the Bible tells us he could be anywhere. I have to imagine that Mary Magdalene approached every stranger that she met a little differently after that Easter morning. I mean, really, after the gardener turned out to be Jesus, wouldn't you look at the woman passing by on the street differently? The man washing his window, the child playing in the field. Wouldn't you look at everything and everyone in a new light since the bonds of death have been broken? Wouldn't each life appear newly sacred? Wouldn't our worries feel a little less weighty? Wouldn't our steps move a little more lightly? Wouldn't our senses be newly alive? I've come that they may have life. Jesus said earlier in this gospel, and may have it abundantly. That's what Easter life looks like. Awake, alert, expectant, abundant, because anything is possible. Because Jesus is here, and he could be anywhere. Friends, that is where the Easter proclamation leaves us even now, in wonder, in joyful anticipation, attuned to the music of resurrection all around us, alive to all that God may yet do. So hear the good news today and take it to heart. Christ is risen. Alleluia. Amen.